0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: I don't know about you, but that's not always easy to do, is it? It's hard to love like that. It's hard to put yourself out there and extend kindness and grace and forgiveness and mercy to someone who's not even asking for it. Because they've already burned you once, maybe they'll burn you a second time. It's hard. And there's nothing in our flesh that wants to do that. Everything in our flesh, you know, like just, man, I have a right to be angry with this person. They deserve it. He commands us to love one another, even though it's hard.
0: Do you show your love to your enemies? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he challenges you to extend a love like Jesus. As a disciple of Christ, you are commanded to love others. Showing love to those who have hurt you or burned you in the past is not easy. But it's the kind of love that God has extended towards you. Pastor Dan encourages you to pray and show love to others. Be the first to extend kindness, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Choose to love others with a love like Jesus. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 4 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: He's got all the grace that we need. But He's also full of truth. He doesn't compromise the truth. God is a, has abundant mercy, all the mercy you could ever need in your life. But at the same time, He has abundant truth too. He doesn't compromise the truth. This is the God of the Old Testament. It's the same God as the God of the New Testament. Uh, go back with me to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus 34. And this is when the Lord Yahweh speaks to Moses and declares his name to Moses and you have to understand in the bible when it talks about a person's name their name declares their character you know in our culture you know the names usually don't have anything to do with a person's character it's a family name or we like the name or something like that but at that time a person's name was just, it described their their character And here God, Yahweh, declares His name to Moses, Exodus 34, verse 5. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord, His character. This is God's character. This is the Old Testament. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, Yahweh, Yahweh God. Look at the first name there, merciful, merciful and gracious, Long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, meaning thousands of generations, meaning his mercy will never run out, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. This is Old Testament. By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Here, God's character is described for us as merciful and gracious and patient and good and truthful. Giving mercy to a thousand generations forever and ever. He's a God that forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. Those are three different things. What we do sometimes, though, is we kind of focus on the end there. It says, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. He's a God of wrath. That's the God of the Old Testament. What does that mean? By no means clearing the guilty. It means if if a person turns from their sin and turns to God for, for forgiveness, God will forgive them. He's forgiving He forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. So if a person turns to God for forgiveness, God will forgive them. But if a person chooses to continue in their sin, and that person never turns to God, they never repent, they never ask for forgiveness from God, well, then God doesn't forgive that person. (laughs) The Bible says unless you repent, you'll perish. God God is, is love, but that doesn't mean that He's indifferent towards sin. Or that he's accepting of sin. He's full of grace, but he's also full of truth. He's not indifferent about our sin. We have to turn to him. We have to turn from our sin. We have to turn to him to receive forgiveness from him. There has to be a turning away from our sinful lifestyle to receive that forgiveness. He's not indifferent about it. And and this is is beautifully illustrated in John chapter 8. If you turn there with me where you see that God is a God of love, that God is love, and that God is a God of truth at the same time, and that He's not indifferent. John chapter 8, verse 1, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning He came again into the temple there in Jerusalem, and all the people came to Him, and He sat down and taught them, which was the position of a teacher, they would sit. And then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to Him a woman caught in adultery. And we're all familiar with this story. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? So here they bring this woman who was caught in adultery in the very act. Interesting, they don't have the man there. if She's caught in the very act of adultery. But they just bring the woman. They say the law says she should be stoned to death for adultery. But what do you say? Verse 6 says, This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So Jesus, if you get this picture now, they've got this woman there, you know, maybe they cast her down on the ground before him. This woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law says she should be stoned to death. But what do you say? And Jesus pretends like he doesn't hear them, and he bends down and starts writing something in the dirt. It doesn't tell us what he said, what he wrote. We don't have any idea what he wrote. But he wrote something that convicted each one of those Pharisees and scribes. And it says in verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. What a statement. You know, you who are without sin... That's lived a perfect, sinless life. You can throw the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And again, we don't know what he wrote. Wouldn't it be great to get to heaven and say, what did you write? What did you, you know? <laughs> then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest first. Isn't that interesting? Even to the last. So now Jesus was left alone with the woman and the woman is standing there in the midst. So now it's just... It's just this woman and Jesus. Man, there's no better place to be when you are in sin than to be standing before Jesus Christ. You know, you don't want to be before the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people that are going to wag their finger at you and condemn you. But to be standing before Jesus Christ. It says in verse 10, when Jesus had raised Himself up and saw that no one but the woman... He said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. Now look what he says in verse 11. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. But she's guilty. She broke the law. Yeah, but he's abundant in mercy. And he's ready to forgive. And he wants to forgive. It's his desire to forgive our sins. He says to her, neither do I condemn you. But look at the rest of his statement. He says, go and sin no more. He said to her, I don't condemn you. Go your way and sin no more. He's not indifferent about sin. He's not indifferent about sin. He judges sin. He doesn't want us continuing in sin. Now, if you go back to 1 John, John, 1 John chapter 4, he tells us here that we're to love one another. In fact, it's a command. We're commanded as Christians, as believers in Jesus, to love one another. And he tells us that God is love and that our love for one another, it, it comes from God. We've got the, the, the divine nature of God now implanted in our hearts. We've received this from God, this love for others. And now, beginning in verse 9, John tells us about God's love, the kind of love that we should have for one another. And he gives us this description of God's love for us. And really, it's the greatest demonstration of God's love for us in verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. John says, this is the kind of love I'm talking about. When I say you're to love one another, it's the kind of love that God showed us. God manifested his love toward us. God showed us how much he loves us by sending his only begotten son into the world to die for us on the cross. The cross shows us how much God loves us. The cross demonstrates to us the depth of God's love for us. You know, in in Romans, I'll just read it to you, but Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, not after we cleaned up our act, not after we got our life straightened out and started walking rightly and doing right things and good things, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And John says here, this love the love of God was manifested toward us how by God sending his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him it sounds very similar to John 3:16 right for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life
0: you're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel Ellicott City Maryland We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a
1: word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com.
0: Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Again, look at verse 9. We're told because of his love for us, God sent his son into the world that we might live through him. That we might live through him. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says... That God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together in Christ. He made us alive. Why? Because of his great love for us. Because he's love and he loves us so much. Because of that, he sent his son into the world that we might live through him. That we might have eternal life, but also that we might have abundant life now. Remember, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, not just eternal life, but abundant life now. Then he says in verse 10, in this is love. And I I, I love that he says that in this is love. You know, the, the world offers us all kinds of definitions of love, all kinds of descriptions of love. And what John says here is this is what real love is. You know, the world will define love the way that it wants, but this is real love. This is what love really looks like. This is the kind of love I'm talking about. This is the kind of love you should have for one another. He says, this is love. not Now watch what it says. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Not that we loved God, but God loved us. This this is real love. This is the kind of love that... God has. This is the kind of love that we should have. God did not love us because we started loving him. God was not responding to our love for him. The Bible says that none of us was seeking after God, that no one was doing good, no one does right. We all have turned to our own ways. We were all doing our own thing, you know, apart from God, living in rebellion against God, even if we didn't know it. And yet, God sent his son to rescue us. This is what's so glorious about the gospel. God didn't send his son and start loving us because we first loved him. The Bible says, no, we love him because he first loved us. He showed love to us and kindness and mercy and grace to us while we were yet still sinners. When we were still, you know, messing up our lives. The Bible says Christ died for the ungodly. You ever ever think about that? It's in Romans. I remember reading that. Christ died for the ungodly. And I I remember as a very young believer, like just being struck by that. He didn't die for the godly. Died for the ungodly. Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And we're sick. (laughs) You're sick. You're really sick. (laughs) But that's who he came for. He didn't come for the healthy. Healthy people don't need a physician. Sick people do. He said, I I came to call sinners to repentance, not, not righteous people. Saint John says, this is real love. That God would love us when we were not loving him. That God would love us while we were still sinning. He loved us and sought us out when we weren't seeking him. And it says he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. That's a big word. We've seen it before in 1 John. That that word propitiation, it means that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, it turned away God's wrath. It satisfied God's wrath so that God's not angry anymore about our sin. God's not offended anymore. By our sin. It's through his sacrifice that we're reconciled to God. And he says in verse 11. Beloved. If God so loved us. We also ought to love one another. Now go back to chapter 3 verse 16. He says by this we know love. We know what love is. Because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John says, when I, when I tell you, when I command you, you should love one another, this is the kind of love I'm talking about. This is real love. We should love one another with the same sacrificial love that God showed us. God showed us love when we were pretty unlovable. Unlovable. God showed us love when we didn't deserve it. He offered us forgiveness when we weren't seeking forgiveness from Him. Just by His grace and His mercy, He offered us forgiveness. We're the ones who broke our relationship with God. We're the ones who offended Him. And yet He's the one who sought reconciliation with us. He didn't wait for us to come to Him, even though we were the ones at fault. Isn't that the way it usually goes? When you have a, a relationship that is broken because someone hurts you or someone offends you and then you wait for that person to come to you and seek forgiveness from you and then you forgive them. But if they never come, I, mean, you say, I, I they're not asking for forgiveness, not seeking forgiveness. So I'm not going to forgive them, right? You guys, it's not just me, right? You guys kind of feel that way sometimes when people hurt your feelings or offend you. That's how we are. But that's not how God is. God sought reconciliation with us, even though we were the ones in the wrong. We were the ones that should have been coming to him, but we weren't. But God loves us so much that he sought reconciliation with us. He left heaven. He left glory. He left honor. He left majesty. And he humbled himself. And he came down to this earth. And he took on human flesh. And he became a man and a servant. And he died on the cross So that we could be reconciled. He didn't stay up in heaven and say, I didn't do anything wrong. They did wrong. You know, if they want to be reconciled, they need to come reconcile with me. I don't need to go reconcile with them. No, he he came down and sought reconciliation. and, And not only did he seek reconciliation with us, he bore the penalty for our sin. He paid for our punishment. He paid our debt for us. We did all this against him and he comes to us seeking reconciliation. And he takes the hit for us so that we could be reconciled. He suffered for what we did. It says in Isaiah that the chastisement for our peace was put upon him. And John says, this is how we ought to love one another. This is how we ought to love one another. The sacrificial love. This is how we ought to love one another in our marriages. This is how you ought to love your wife. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church, giving himself for her. Wives, this is how you ought to love your husband. This is how we should love our kids. It's how we should love each other. You know? Now, this isn't, this isn't what the world says. You know, the, the world tells you, of course, if somebody offends you, you have a right to be mad. You have a right to hold a grudge. You have a right to hold it against them. And if they don't say they're sorry to you, you don't have to forgive them. And why should you be the one that pays for their mistake? Why should you suffer for what they did? You have a right to be happy. Isn't that what the world tells you? And John is saying to us, don't love like the world loves. Our love for one another is different. Our our love should be a self-sacrificing love, the kind of love that God showed us. Now, I don't know about you, But that's not always easy to do, is it? It's hard to love like that. It's hard to put yourself out there and extend kindness and grace and forgiveness and mercy to someone who's not even asking for it. Because they've already burned you once, maybe they'll burn you a second time. It's hard. And there's nothing in our flesh that wants to do that. Everything in our flesh, you know, like just, man, I have a right to be angry with this person. They deserve it. But he he commands us to love one another, even though it's hard. Even though we may not want to, Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. So it ain't easy. But this is what we're supposed to do. And here's the thing, just in closing. Galatians chapter 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. You don't have to do this in your own strength. You know, he's he's not asking us to do something in our own ability, because he knows that we don't have the ability to love like this. This is a supernatural, God-given kind of love that that comes from God. It doesn't come from within. It's not something that you just, you know, drum up from inside. This is a work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. You know, as, as you yield to the Holy Spirit, as you walk in the Holy Spirit, and you just submit to the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit now will produce the fruit in your life of love. This kind of love that John's talking about, this this self-sacrificing love that God showed us when he sent his son into the world to die for us. He asked me how I know. And I say, bring true-
0: Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus's hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. I
1: see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.